Hey everybody, I'm Jazz. And I'm Molly. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Wild Wicked World. Well, hello, guys. We are back with the mini wicked. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like I always have to do something three after you. <laughs> I, I feel like you've been doing the yes, yes, yes after quite a bit. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I feel really awkward after that moment. <laughs> after the yes? Intro, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, after your hello, 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 oh. I feel like really awkward. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, oh, what do I say then? What do I say now? <laughs> I could see that. So we are once again in my kitchen. Woohoo. Uh, both of us are feeling really frumpy today. I know I look like crap, I'm sure. My hair is all frizzed out, no makeup. Like, I'm wearing a bonnet. <laughs> it's like really gloomy outside too. Like I, when I woke up this morning, I'm like, man, it looks like it's still nighttime. Like I haven't seen the sun in like a week. I'm, I'm tired yeah. of it. Nikki and I were just talking about that. We was like, when is the sun going to show up? I want the sun again. I'm so tired of not seeing the sun. We're miserable. I mean, it's like we went from snow and super duper cold to like it's been raining basically for like the past four or five days after the snow it's not as cold so i mean i guess it's you know lesser of the evils but ugh, man and it's like everybody's sick i I have a headache because i have like this head cold and uh yeah keep the sickness away jasmine's hiding her uh straight hair from me today because she didn't want me to make any comments I no i no i just like they say it's like really good to sleep with a bonnet on when you have straight right. hair so like i said i'm feeling so lazy today like all i did today was like brush my teeth and wash my face so you went to your bible study thing like that it was virtual so i just told oh. i just turned the camera off <laughs> that's awesome yeah you know it's to the point like it doesn't even matter because people walk in with bonnets like literally it's come right. as you come as you are so like Honestly, I could go to church like this and not even care. Right, right. That's good, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they see me dressed like a bum. They see me dressed up. So I'm just like, eh, oh, well. That's funny. There might be some other talking and stuff going on in the background because our boys are in there. So, yeah. Um, but I did get the call yesterday that they like the maintenance people came and fixed my house yesterday. So everything is back to normal. My hot water is working. And I spent, like, after I got to work, I spent all day cleaning. That was the first time I've ever spent, like, a Friday in the house in a long time. Nice. Now I'm addicted. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was just giving her crap the other day for her. She's always on the go, go, go. So, anyway. So, we're on our mini Wicked. Let's save some of our banter for our regular episode, too. So, um, we're doing our mini Wicked. And I'm really excited about this one, too, because it's a great movie. So, I hope you guys watch this one. And if you haven't. Uh, watched it yet after you listen to this pod maybe you should go watch it because it is really a good movie all right jazz what time is it molly it's time to fuck around and find out um this week our movie is black phone so i have been waiting to call jazz out i already know what it is what is it because i said that whoever made the movie i said it was stephen king (laughs) stephen stephen king (laughs) my mom's gonna kill me said that before too um yes it, so you're halfway wrong, okay? Because it is not Stephen King. Uh-huh. However, 
It is his son, Joe Hill. Yes, that's what it is. It is also does the lock and key on Netflix. And, you know, I've read some of his books, too. I mean, he is very similar to his dad as far as. Uh So he definitely uh, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree there. Um, But so you were halfway wrong. Yeah, because I was looking up the movie yesterday and I was like, wait a minute. This is what I was like. I bet you this is what Molly was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So she when we when we picked this movie, she said on her podcast, oh, yeah, it's a Stephen King movie. And I didn't correct her at the time. Uh, But then I because I didn't really know either. Yeah. Uh, But then, yeah. So I when I was doing my (laughs) writing, I was like, ah, it's not Stephen King. It's Joe Hill. His son. Yes, which he took his uh, mother's uh, last name, maiden name, that way. You know, he could try to pave his own way and not necessarily. But then he's just yeah. like his dad. So, like but he wasn't regardless, find out. he's just as talented. So, yeah. I really like that lock and key on Netflix. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. a great show. Yeah. Okay, so The Black Phone is a 2021 American coming to age horror film directed by Scott Derrickson who co-wrote with C. Robert Cargill, adapting the short story, so it was a short story, of the same name from 2004, made by Joe Hill. The film follows an abducted teenager uh, that uses a mysterious telephone to communicate with the previous victims of his captor. Jeremy Davies and James Rinsone also star in the supporting role. Development began in early 2020 after Derrickson left the project for Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness due to the creative differences. He decided to team up with Cargill to to pen a script. The film released theatrically on June 24, 2022 by Universal Pictures in the United States. The film received positive reviews from film critics upon 2021 premiere on Fantastic Fest. Praising it's all of the performances and faithfulness to the source materials. So I'm going to be looking up the short story, by the way, too, and I want to listen to it. So um, so here's our plot. And by the way, this stars, first I'm going to tell you, it stars, um, it's directed by Scott Derrickson. It was produced by Jason Bloom, Scott Derrickson, C. Robert Cargill, um, written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, based on the Black Phone by Joe Hill. It is starring Mason Thaws, Madeline McGraw, James Ransom, Jeremy Davies, and Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke plays the, the, you know, the villain. Our plot, it's set in 1978, and a serial child abductor nicknamed The Grabber prowls the streets of a Denver suburb. Siblings Finney and Gwen Blake live in the area with their abusive alcoholic father. So, yeah. That being said, like his sister and him are so close, and I love that. And of course, they are because anybody who knows who's had toxic parents knows that you can't help but form bonds with your, you know, your basically your or your co-conspirators. You know, you guys have to have each other's back and stuff when you have parents or a bad home life, and they obviously have a, a father who likes to abuse them and stuff. So, and he's he's not so good. Uh, you, you kind of feel better, you know, you kind of feel at the end, the dad kind of somewhat makes up, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It was a good reality check. Right, right. So at school, Finney is frequently bullied and harassed. He has a friendship with a classmate, Robin, who fends off the bullies. So this Robin kid is like this Mexican kid and he's tough. Like he's the tough kid in school, but he's not the bully tough. You know, but and he beats the like it starts out kind of in the beginning and beats the shit out of this big <laughs> kid. I mean, 
pounds his face to a pulp. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, but he's good friends with this Finny kid. So he basically saves him from the bullies a lot of times. Uh, a boy from another school that Finny knew, Bruce, is abducted by the grabber. And they, he plays a baseball game with this guy. And, you know, that's kind of like how they knew each other in passing. And then right after this baseball game, this Bruce kid gets uh, gets abducted. Gwen, who has psychic dreams, and that's the sister of Finney, she has psychic dreams, much like her late mother, dreams of Bruce's kidnapping and sees that he was taken by a man in a black van with black balloons. Detectives Riot and Miller interview Gwen, but struggle to believe her claims. The grabber abducts Robin, as well as Finney, days later. So now he's he's abducted Robin, and then Finney gets... I don't know why it glossed over that part. So... These bullies that have been trying to get at Finney finally get to try to get at Finney and because Robin got abducted and the sister comes in with the fucking rock, man. It starts <laughs> banging heads and shit, but then they start fucking beating on the sister and I'm like, oh, you know, like, yeah. God dang it, man. And they just beat the crap out of both of them. Uh, and then not long after that, Finney, the main char- boy character, he also gets grabbed by him. And it's very creepy the way he gets grabbed. Like this, this guy like drops his groceries and he's like, well, can I help you? And then he was like looking in the van. He's like, are those black balloons? And it's like, it sure is. And then like, it's weird. Cause it's like almost supernatural looking like the kid like disappears into the yeah. black balloons and stuff. I feel like it's like a typical kidnap though. Like you have to lure a kid in somehow. Somehow. Right. Right. And then he has something in this canister. He like sprays in him and, and knocks him out. Like, you know, throws him in the van. So Finney awakens in a soundproof basement. On the wall is a disconnected black rotary phone that the grabber says does not work. Later, Finney hears the phone ring and answers it. Bruce's ghost, unable to remember his own name or who he was when he was alive, tells Finney about a floor tile he can remove to dig a tunnel to escape. So he starts kind of working on that. So there's like kind of like down a hallway, there's like this bathroom. It's a big open area. There's one little window. It's got like bars on it. That black phone. I don't know. It's just creepy. And the guy's like down there like looking at him. And then he's like, I'll never do anything that you won't like. And if it would have been me, I'd been like, well, I don't like what you're doing right now. And he's like saying it in the most like illest voice ever. You know, his voice reminds me of uh, Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka. (laughs) He sounds like Willy Wonka. Yeah. The the Johnny Depp voice. Really like this. Like Like, really hype. And then seeing that, you know? Yeah. And like the mask that he's wearing is like so scary. Oh, God, it's so scary. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, too, when we get to that, you know, that first part where he's on the stairs. Um, So the police are searching for Finney, you know, and it's unsuccessful. The grabber brings Finney food and leaves the door to the basement unlocked. Finney, of course, prepares to sneak out, but is stopped by another boy on the phone called Billy. He explains this is a game that the grabber plays, and he is waiting upstairs to attack Finney with a belt if he leaves the basement. And at that point, they kind of like show, they kind of pan out and show him, and he has got just like shirt off. He's got this fucking belt in between his hands and stuff, and he's just kind of like cracking his neck and stuff, and just he's waiting. He's preparing himself to beat the shit out of this kid when he comes up the stairs. And it's super creepy. And he has like a dad. That's not even the creepiest part, though, with with him doing that. Billy instructs him to use a cord Billy found to get out via the basement window. While climbing, Finney breaks the bars on the window, preventing him from climbing back up. What I was thinking at that time, 
Mm-hmm. So why didn't he try to climb up the, the, the carpet? Yeah. I feel like he could have shimmied up that carpet. I feel like it, it would have skipped his way. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, I was thinking. But it had, like, a better grasp, too. Yeah. So Gwen dreams of Billy being abducted and confides in her father about what is happening. And so prior, prior at before this, before Finney had gotten taken, like, the father beat the shit out of the daughter because the cops came to his work to ask about, you know, her dreams and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he was pissed off about that, so he beats the shit out of her. But then she ends up going to him about it and being like, Dad, you know, my dreams, what if they're real? You know, what would it hurt? What if it can help find Finney, she says. And then they start going and driving around the neighborhood to see if they can, uh, she can see this house that, this house that they're trying to um, find. Wright and Miller speak to an eccentric man called Max, who stayed in the area with his brother. It's revealed Finney is being held in Max's basement, of which he is unaware. And the grabber is his brother. So he's the cops come in there and they're talking to him. And he's all like trying to tell him what's what. And then the cop, as he's leaving out, he's like, yeah, you might want to clean up before your brother gets here. And he's got like three lines of cocaine <laughs> on the table. Yeah. And he's like, idiot, idiot, idiot. And then he proceeds to sniff it. <laughs> uh, so after an agitated exchange with the grabber where he tests Finney's honesty, he makes it seem as if he would, as if he would have let fin- Finney go. Then he speaks to another one of his victims, Griffin, on the phone. Griffin shows Finney a combination to a lock and informs him that the grabber has fallen asleep upstairs. And this is the part where it's so creepy. Finney sneaks upstairs and unlocks the door, but the grabber's dog alerts him to Finney's escape. Finney flees down the street, but then he's recaptured. And like the whole time, like this is one of those parts where I'm like, you're on the edge of your yeah. seat. And, like, the numbers to the combination, he just has the numbers. He didn't know exactly what they were, so he had to try, like, every different combination. Oh. It was, like, the third or fourth try. And you're just like, God dang it, just get it, you know? But he's like, has to walk by him, and he's sitting in this chair, and, oh, my God, it's so scary, It's nerve-wracking, for real. It's very nerve-wracking. But he's recaptured. So it's like, God dang, man. I was rooted for him. Yeah. So despondent over his failed escape attempt, Finney answers the phone to hear another victim, a punk called Vance, whom Finney was scared of. Vance informs Finney of a connecting storage room he can escape through if he breaks a hole in the wall and exits through the freezer on the other side of the wall. Finney creates a hole with a toilet tank cover and enters the back of the freezer, only to discover that the freezer door is locked. The phone rings one more time with Robin at the end of the line. He comforts Finney and encourages him to finally stand up and fight for himself. He instructs Finney to remove the phone receiver and pack it with the dirt he had dug up to use as a weapon. So it's going to turn out that all these different things that these prior victims have have told him to do are all going to help him out in in, in the end. So Gwen, meanwhile, his sister, dreams of Vance's abduction and discovers the property of the grabber. She finds the house and contacts the detectives. Max realizes Finney is being held in the house and rushes to the basement to free him. But his brother kills him with an axe. He just comes out and boom, and it's like, God dang it. So the police rush to the house that Gwen found, but find it is empty. But in the basement, they find the buried bodies of the grabber's victims. The grabber attacks Finney with the axe, but Finney manages to trip the grabber with a cord. So he takes you know, the cord from the phone causing him to fall in the tunnel that he had dug in that middle right there. 
And then, the, and then where the grabber breaks and trap, he, he breaks his ankle, and, and the window bar is placed at the bottom. So he put these bars at the bottom, and it breaks his ankle. The ghosts taunt the grabber over the phone, and then the phone rings. That's okay, so he's, like, strangling the, grab, the grabber with the for, phone cord, and the phone starts ringing. So Finney puts it up to his ears, and all of his victims start taunting him. <laughs> the ghosts taunt the grabber over the phone before Finney breaks his neck with the phone cord, killing him. Finney distracts the guard dog with meat from the freezer, because it got into the freezer, and he escapes the house using the combination that he learned. Finney exits the house across the street from the grave sites where he reunites with Gwen, and the police rush to the property. The siblings comfort each other as their father arrives and apologizes for his treatment. Back at school, a confident Finney sits next to his crush in class. Ooh. And so, yeah, this movie is so good, I think, because it makes you kind of, like, really be in the victim's perspective. And, like, this could really happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Not the supernatural part of it, obviously. <laughs> I mean, mentally. <laughs> but the, you know, the grabber situation and grabbing these kids and, and stuff like that, I mean, this could happen. So it really makes you just, ugh, think about what would you do in that situation. It's fight or flight. But you know what's crazy, though? Because... Like, you don't think about that, like, boom, you're just walking in, you wake up in somebody's basement trap, not knowing where you're at, what right. to do. I couldn't even... Especially as a kid. Couldn't even imagine. Let's just discuss it for a minute. Um, the mask. The mask is, like, so creepy. Like, it, it's like a devil mask. And, and he freaks out at the end when he takes the mat when the kid takes the mask off. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, no. But the guy is just as ugly as the mask is. And I, I really want more of his backstory, too, because yeah. he, he mentions about being in that basement. Uh-huh. So maybe he was, like, held there when he was a kid, you know, by, like, a bad parent or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. I just. The brother. I like the idea that the whole time he was across the street of the house that the cops and the sisters were all looking into. So it's like they were that close. Yeah, yeah. And it's like she was, she, they were showing her where their bodies were. Uh-huh. They were still so close. But yeah, because she like wrecks her bike when she finally sees the house. She's like driving around in the rain, like just looking at the house, like, please, please let me see it. And then she like, the, all of a sudden, the, the, all the dead yeah. bodies appear. And so she crashes her bike and then boom, there's the house. And then that's when she calls the detectives. Yeah. He got a real sister. Because if something was ever to happen to me, my sister's better be on it like she was. Oh, and the, both of them are like perfect for those roles too. Mm-hmm. Like that boy gives the best face. Like his face, like like he'd be looking at him and you could like read everything on his face. Yeah. It's like the chick in The Handmaid's Tale. Like I love her face. I love The Handmaid's Tale. Because she can say so much just by her facial expressions without ever even talking. Yeah, you know, she was he, made that, that kid was like that too and I yeah. love that. Um and yeah. it's like the it's like a hero story like the skinny little scrawny boy mm-hmm. gets bullied, escapes. Right. From fighting back. And then and then like his, the bullies that were like beat the crap out of him before, like they all look at him like, holy shit. You yeah. know, he, he's kept a serial killer. We can't fuck with him anymore. He's, you know, he, like shit. He's the big dog now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he also helps the prior victims in his way because, you know, their bodies get found and mm-hmm. they at least their families and stuff have closure. So. When, when I first seen the movie and I was like, the phone is ringing. Like, I was like, is it really ringing or is this like something he's imagining? You know, I can get like delusional. Mm. So I was like kind of complaining against that. Back well, I definitely liked it the second time. Like the first time I liked it. But the second time, I really liked it a lot better. It's always better the second time. Mm. You you see more. You understand more. Right, right. So what are you going to rate it? 
Oh, 10 out of 10. I'm going to go an eight. I mean, 10 is going to have to be just like, I'm not just going to give a 10 out. It's yeah. willy nilly. You know, 10 really has to be something. But I mean, I was going between an eight and nine, but I'm going to give it an eight. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I really liked it. And it's definitely something I will watch again. So, yeah. Joe Hill, keep on keep on following your daddy's footsteps. You're doing a good job there, buddy. <laughs> so, and how much you want to bet you didn't bring the the movies? No, that's what I said. I sat here and was like, bro, we'll just add it. We'll just do the people under the stairs. No, <laughs> we're not picking another one of your movies. No, that was yours. How about the House of a Thousand Corpses? Okay, because I just watched that last night. Okay, okay. So and let's. Then okay. I want you to watch it because, like you said, you've heard yeah. of it. I'm so surprised that you, your mom hasn't made you watch the house. She don't like scary movies. Really? Yeah. She likes Rob Zombie, though, I bet. She, I think she'd probably watch it. Because it's, you know, it's Rob Zombie. He's okay, a, so he's let's, a act, like, let's act like we're y'all in the movie. So that's what we're going to do. House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> since Jasmine forgot <laughs> the... Uh, it's been a week. Yeah. And so I already watched it last night because me and David love that movie. I figured that's right. Gonna, okay, the first time you watch it... You're gonna mindful. You're gonna be like, "What?" It's not as great like when you watch it again because you, you know you already expect everything. Uh-huh. You know what's gonna happen. But man, it's it's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ish. Like you know, you got this crazy inbredish family that's like murderous and shit. Not good. And, that's not good convincing. No, I'm telling you, it's it's good. Okay. It's it's trippy. I mean, Rob Zombie puts a, a different flair on it and stuff, too. You've seen his Halloweens, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, we were talking about that last night. I feel like Rob Zombie only makes good movies when he's remaking other people's movies. <laughs> yes. Like, his standalone ones yeah. are not that good. Like, Stalem or 31, they're not that good. So, anyway. All right, guys. So, that is our Mini Wicked on Black Phone. So if you would like to contact us, like maybe you have a movie suggestion you'd like to add, you can do so at 3wpodcast2022 at gmail.com. And make sure that you follow our TikTok and our Instagram, both at 3wpodcast. Don't forget we have an X page now, which is formerly known as Twitter, and that is at 3wpodcast2022. Make sure you like our Facebook and join our discussion group, both at Wild Wicked World. All right, guys, keep being decent humans. Okay, bye-bye now. All right. Now a little about our first ever sponsor, helping us to get this show a-going. Let's move KC. Not only is this a family-owned business by my cousin Morgan and her husband Brett, my oldest son also worked for them the summer after he graduated high school. With over 20 years of professional moving and storage experience, they are proud to be a family-owned and operated business right here in the KC metro area. Their services range anywhere from local moving to interstate moving, packing and unpacking, one item or whole household and storage is available upon request. They offer specially moving services as well. Piano, baby grand, grand upright and spine, safes, hot tubs, or any other unique thing you may have. They are fully insured and offer additional insurance upon request. Their main goal is to make sure you feel comfortable and safe in a stressful time like moving by handling your personal stuff like it was their own. Whatever you need, 
Whatever your need is, they can make it happen. So if you're about to move, and this goes for any of our listeners in any states, they're a moving service for any size in any state. Check them out at letsmovekcmovers.com or check them out on Facebook under the name Let's Move KC.